Chapter 4 The Keeper of Keys Boom! They knocked again. Dudley jerked awake. Where's the cannon? He said stupidly. There was a crash behind them and Uncle Vernon came skidding into the room. He was holding a rifle in his hands. Now they knew what he had been in the long, thin package he had brought with him. Who's there? He shouted. I warn you, I'm armed. There was a pause. Then, smash! The door was hit with such force that it swung clean of its hinges and with a deafening crash landed flat on the floor. A giant of a man was standing in the doorway. His face was almost completely hidden by a long shaggy mane of hair and wild tangled beard, but you could make out of his eyes, glinting like black beetles under all that hair. The giant squeezed his way into the hut, stooping so that his head just brushed the ceiling. He bent down, picked up the door, and fitted it easily back into its frame. The noise of the storm outside dropped a little. He turned to look at them all. Couldn't make us a cup of tea, could ya? It's not been an easy journey. He strode over to the sofa where Dudley sat frozen with fear. Budge up, yeah, great lump said the stranger. Dudley squeaked and ran behind his mother, who was crouching, terrified, behind Uncle Vernon. And here's Harry, said the giant. Harry looked up into the fierce, wild, shadowy face and saw that the beetle eyes were crinkled in a smile. Last time I saw you, you was only a baby, said the giant. You look like your dad, but you've got your mom's eyes. Uncle Vernon made a funny, rasping noise. I demand that you leave at once, sir, he said. You are breaking and entering. Ah, shut up, Dursley, you great prune, said the giant. He reached over the back of the sofa, jerked the gun out of Uncle Vernon's hand, bent it into a knot as easily as if it had been made of rubber, and threw it in the corner of the room. Uncle Vernon made another funny noise, like a mouse being trotted on. Anyway, Harry, said the giant, turning his back on the Dursies. A very happy birthday to ya. Got some for, for you here. I might sat on it at some point, but it'll taste all right. From an inside of a pocket, he pulled a slightly squashed box. Harry opened it with trembling fingers. Inside was a large, sticky chocolate cake with Happy Birthday Harry written in it in green icing. Harry looked up at the giant. He meant to say thank you, but the words got lost on the way to his mouth, and what he said was, Who are you? The giant chuckled. True, I haven't introduced myself. Rubius Hagrid, keeper of keys and grounds at Hogwarts. He held out an enormous hand and shook Harry's whole arm. What about that tea then, eh? He said, rubbing his hands together. I'd not to say no turs somewhat stronger if you got it, mind you. His eyes fell on the empty grate with the shriveled chip bags in it and he snorted. He bent down over the fireplace. They couldn't see what he was doing, but when he drew back for a second later, there was a roaring fire there, and it filled the whole damp hut with flickering light, and Harry felt the warmth 
wash over him as though he'd sunk in a hat in a hot bath. The giant sat back down on the sofa, which sagged under his weight, and began taking all sorts of things out of his pocket. Like a copper kettle, a squashy package of sausages, a poker, a teapot, several chip mugs, and a bottle of some amber liquid that he took a swig from before starting to make tea. Soon, the hut was full of sound and smell of sizzling sausage. Nobody said anything while the giant was working, but as he slid the first six fat, juicy, slightly burnt sausage from the poker, Dudley fidgeted a little. Uncle Vernon said sharply, Don't touch anything he gives you, Dudley. The giant chuckled darkly. Yeah, great pudding of a son doesn't need fattening anymore. He passed the sausages to Harry, who was hungry. He had never tasted anything so wonderful, but he couldn't take his eyes off the giant. Finally, as nobody seemed about to explain anything, he said, I'm sorry, but I don't really know who you are. The giant took a gulp of tea and wiped his mouth with the back of his hand. Call me Hagrid, he said. Everyone does, and like I told you, I'm the keeper of keys at Hogwarts. You'll know about Hogwarts, of course. Er, no, said Harry. Hagrid looked shocked. Sorry, Harry said quickly. Sorry, barked Hagrid, turning to stare at the Dursleys, who shrank back into the shadows. It's them who should be sorry. I knew you weren't getting your letters, but I never thought you wouldn't even know about Hogwarts for crying out loud. Did you never wonder where your parents learned it at all? All what? asked Hagrid, asked Harry. All what? Hagrid thundered. Now, just wait a second. He had leaped to his feet in his anger. He seemed to feel the whole hut. The Dursleys were cowering against the wall. Do you mean to tell me, he growled at the Dursleys, that this boy, this boy, knows nothing about, about anything? Harry thought this was going a bit far. He had been to school, after all, and his marks weren't so bad. I know some things, he said. I can, you know, do math and stuff. Questions exploded inside Harry's head like fireworks and he couldn't decide which to ask first. A few minutes later, he stammered, What does it mean they await my owl? Galloping gargons, that reminds me, said Hagrid, clapping a hand to his forehead with enough force to knock over a cart of horse, and from yet another pocket inside his overcoat, he pulled an owl, a real, live, rather ruffled-looking owl, a long quill and a roll of parchment. With his tongue between his teeth, he scribbled a note that Harry could read upside down. Dear Professor Dumbledore, given Harry his letter, taking him to buy his things tomorrow. Weather's horrible. Hope you're well, Hagrid. Hagrid rolled up the note, gave it to the owl, which clamped it in its beak, went to the door and threw the owl out into the storm. Then he came back and sat down as though this was normal as talking on the telephone. Harry realized his mouth was open and closed it quickly. Where was I? said Hagrid. But at that moment, Uncle Vernon, still ashen-faced, 
but looking very angry, moved into the firelight. He's not going, he said. Hagrid grunted. I'd like to see a great muggle like you stop him, he said. A what? said Harry. A muggle, said Hagrid. It's what we call non-magic folk like them. Ah, and it's your bad luck you grew up in a family of the biggest muggles I've ever laid eyes on. We swore when we took him we'd put a stop to that rubbish, said Uncle Vernon. We swore we'd stamp it out of him. Wizard indeed. You knew, said Harry. You knew I'm a wizard? Knew, shrieked Aunt Petunia suddenly. Knew, of course we knew. How could we not be? My dratted sister being what she was. Oh, she got a letter just like that and disappeared off to that, that school and came home every vacation with her pockets full of frog spawn, turning teacups into rats. I was the only one who saw her for what she was, a freak. But for my mother and father, oh no, it was Lily this, Lily that. They were so proud of having a witch in the family. She stopped to draw a deep breath and then went ranting on. It seemed she had been waiting to say this all years. Then she met that potter at school and they left and got married and had you. And of course I knew you'd be just the same, just as strange, just as, as abnormal. And then if you please, she went and she got herself blown up. We got landed with you. Harry had gone white. As soon as he found out, his voice said, Blown up? You told me they died in a car crash. Car crash, roared Hagrid, jumping up so angrily that the Dursleys scuttled back to the corner. How could a car crash kill Lily and James Potter? It's an outrage. Harry Potter not knowing his own story when every kid in our world knows his name. But why? What happened? Harry asked urgently. The anger faded from Hagrid's face. He looked suddenly anxious. I never expected this, he said in a low, worried voice. I had no idea when Dumbledore told me there might be trouble getting a hold of you. How much you didn't know. Ugh. Harry, I don't know if I'm the right person to tell you, but someone's got to tell you. He threw a dirty look at the Dursleys. Well, it's the best you know as much as I can tell you. Mind, I can't tell you everything. It's great mystery, parts of it. He sat down, stared into the fire for a few seconds, and then said, It begins, I suppose, with, with a person called... It's incredible you don't know his name. Everyone in our world knows. Who? Well, I don't like saying the name if I can help it. No one does. Why not? Gulping gargoyles, Harry. People are so scared. Blimey, this is difficult. See, there was this wizard who went bad. As bad as you could go. Worse. Worse than worse. His name was... Hagrid gulped. But no words came out. Could you write it down? Harry suggested. Nah, can't spell it. All right, Voldemort. Hagrid shuddered. Don't make me say it again. Anyway, this wizard, about 20 years ago now, started looking for followers. Got them too. Some were afraid, some just wanted a bit of power, because he was getting himself power, all right? Dark days, Harry. Didn't know who to trust. Didn't dare get friendly with strange wizards or witches. Terrible things happened. He was taken over. Of course, some stood up to him. And he killed them. 
horribly. One of the only safe places left was Hogwarts. Reckon Dumbledore's the only one you know who was afraid of. Didn't try taking the school. Well, not just then, anyway. Now, your mom and dad were good, a witch and a wizard as I ever knew. Head boy and girl at Hogwarts in their day. Suppose the mystery is why you know who never tried to get him on his side before. Probably knew they were too close to Dumbledore to want anything to do with the dark side. Maybe he thought he could persuade them. Maybe he just wanted them out of the way. All anyone knows is he turned up in your village where you was all living. On Halloween, ten years ago, you was just one year old. He came to your house and... And Hagrid suddenly pulled out a very dirty spotted handkerchief and blew his nose with a sound like a foghorn. Sorry, he said, but it's sad. Knew your mom and dad and nicer people you couldn't find. Anyway, you know who killed them. And then, and this is the real mystery of the thing. He tried to kill you too. Wanted to make a clean job of it, I suppose. Or maybe he just liked killing by then, but he couldn't do it. Never wondered how you got that mark on your forehead. That was no ordinary cut. That was what he gave you. That evil curse touches you. Took care of your mom and dad in your house, even. But it didn't work on you, and that's why you're famous, Harry. No one ever lived after he decided to kill them. No one except you, and he killed some of the best witches and wizards. The McKinnons, the Bones, the Prewets, and you was the only baby, and you lived. Something very painful was going on in Harry's mind. As Hagrid's story came to a close, he saw again the blinding flash of green light, more clearly than he had ever even remembered. And he remembered something else for the first time in his life. A high, cold, cruel laugh. Hagrid was watching him sadly. Took you from your, took you from the ruined house myself, on Dumbledore's orders, of course. Brought you er, to this lot. Loads of old tosh, said Uncle Vernon. Harry jumped. He had almost forgotten that the Dursleys were still there. Uncle Vernon certainly seemed to have got back his courage. He was glaring at Hagrid, and his fists were clenched. Now you listen here, boy, he snarled. I accept there's something strange about you. Probably 